Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast. And we are joined by a very special guest. He is a former Broncos coach, a former NRL player himself, and got Dallium Coach of the Year in 2018. His name is Anthony Seabold. Thank you very much for joining us today. This episode is brought to you by our proud sponsor, Gold Coast Trading Cards. They are an authorized TLA trading card dealer, and they are the NRL collector's choice from box breaks to individual cards they sell thousands of them from the 1960s up until recent 2020s and into the future 2021s coming out next year be sure to get all of your nrl trading card needs at gold coast trading card good on you cj thanks for having us mate no honestly agreed thank you so much um now i mean a lot of people know but a lot of youngsters may not know that you actually played in first grade footy before you were a coach so let's touch on that first of all you actually i think if my research is right, it probably is, but it's probably wrong at the same time. You got your start at the Brisbane Broncos of all places. What was that like, you know, coming through the ranks of the Broncos? Yeah, it's really good. You're right, um, CJ. I got signed to the Broncos when I was 17. So I moved from Central Queensland to Brizzy um, the end of 1991. Mm-hmm. So I literally only just turned 17. And um, I had four years at the Broncos as a young guy. So from, um, you know, 17 through to when I turned 21, and um, it was a great experience. Obviously, the Broncos were the premiers there for the first couple of years. I played in the under 21s um, and also in reserve grade. Was that for the Clydesdales? Um, or... I... Sorry? Was that for the Clydesdales or was that? No, no. Back in those days, they had all three grades. So oh, this okay. was the, the early 90s, yeah. So okay. under 21s would play at 12, reserve grade would play at 130, and, yep. and the first grade would play at three. So, yeah, played um, yeah, with plenty of elite players. It was a really good. Um, yeah, it was a really good system coming into. It was a, it was a big eye opener coming from from the bush. Um, yeah. There's no doubt about that. But, I can imagine, yeah. Um, yeah, met a really special person in Sue O'Connell, um, who was the head of recruitment there, and he really encouraged me to get stuck into my study as well as my footy. So it was a good, um, yeah, it was a good intro into footy. And, um, and what did intro, you study while you uh, were while you were playing? Yeah, and I studied um, a teaching degree. So I finished my teaching degree by the time I was 21 there. And, um, yeah, um, as I said, Cyril's an ex-teacher. He really encouraged me to go down that route. So it was a good way to spend the time. And you've got to remember, CJ, in the early 90s, footy wasn't full-time either. No, so exactly. everyone yeah, had jobs or studying. Yeah. yeah. No, so it was, a good, it was a good intro. No, that's fair. And then obviously you had time at St. Estev. Um, I did find an actual uh, image. I'll show it to you at the end of the episode. But it's a image of you on the front cover of with winning some um, trophy oh, yeah. sort of silverware with St. Estev. What was it like yeah. for anyone who doesn't know? Saint Estev is a French-based rugby league club. Uh, what was it like over there, and then winning that game? Yeah, no, it was pretty good. So I had five months. So I was in between my time in Brisbane and, and signing for Canberra. So in, in those days, it wasn't uncommon for um, players from um, Australia to go and play in really, France. Yeah, to go and play in France or in England because um, England used to play in their winner then. So it wasn't unusual. And um, yes, yeah, so I had five months there, and Saint Estev eventually became um, Catalan Dragons. Yeah, they did, yep. And um, so it was great, great part of the world, um, just outside Perpignan near the beaches. And, uh, yeah, we won the championship there, which was really good. Um, yeah, learned a little bit of French, and it was good. It was a good way to spend the off-season. I, I did come home with a, a few extra kilos on there, so when I turned up at Canberra, I was probably carrying a little bit too much weight, but uh, it was a great experience, yeah. Now that's awesome. And then as you just touched on, you then went to the Raiders. What was it like, you know, going from the Broncos, who are a well-established club at this point, and then, you know, going over to play for Santa Esteve in the offseason and then signing with the Raiders, you know? Um, yeah. How do you think your career went while you were at the Raiders? 
Yeah, I, like I, I enjoyed my time immensely at the Raiders. I had two seasons there, and I think it was a massive, massive jump up in professionalism down there. Mm. Um, rugby league had just gone full time, so I played in '97 in the Super League year. Um, that was when I came back from France and signed for the Raiders, and, and so footy was full time. So there was a massive jump up in professionalism. Raiders were really blessed with a talented roster, so it was it was yeah. you know it was an exceptional experience training with you know guys like Ricky Stewart and Laurie Daly and Bradley Clyde and. Yeah, the list goes on. Mel Meninga was our coach. Yeah, no, Mel Meninga was our coach. So did I walking in, to be fair. Uh, yeah. Mel Meninga was our coach. And, um, you know, even just we used to use the AIS for, for um, training at different times. Yeah, so it was a massive, massive jump up in, in professionalism and probably took me 97 to work out, um, you know, how to train as a professional and have my best year of footy ever in 98. I, I played first grade down there and, as I said, there was – a real, um, really talented roster and, uh, you know, even guys like Brett Mullins and mm. Kenny Nagus and all those, Ruben Wiki, like the list went on. It was Start exceptional time. experience. I learned a lot. And then um, obviously after that, I went over to, I was playing the English Super League. Yeah, which, and that team that you went over to was another team named the Broncos, but this time it was the London Broncos you started at over there. Uh, again, what was the differences really in, because you said you went back to Australia, professionalism for days. And what was it like going over to England and the professionalism and everything like that? Yeah, well, the Super League was full-time in the UK. And there was a lot of talented, um, you know, ex-Australian uh, players playing over there. You know, so over my couple of years playing the Super League, guys like Elfie Langer and Steve Ranoff, Brett Dallas, yep. um, Greg Florimo, um, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, you know, Brad Mackay. There was a lot of internationals at each of the different clubs. Um and it was a really tough competition. Physically, it was really hard, actually. I found it, you know, pretty pretty tough footy. Probably wasn't as big as 10 metres. And um, for whatever reason, the, the players seemed a lot bigger over there. Okay. Um, you know, when you, when you play Bradford Bulls, I mean, um, that, they were, yeah, they were a massive, massive team. So 100%, I hate Bradford, and but they were <laughs> fucking massive, not just as a club, but yeah. the players themselves were huge. Yeah. No, they were huge. No, they were massive. So that was good. A great experience. Living in London was great. It's, it's not a rugby league area, but we were owned by Richard Branson. Mm-hmm. So there's some really cool experiences that we got off the back of that. Um, enjoyed my footy there. While, was... while you were at the club? P- pardon? Did you ever get to meet Richard while you were at the club? Yeah, yeah, we oh, did. Yeah, yeah. Like... My first year there, um, the club played at um, Wembley in the Challenge Cup final against Leeds. Um, and, um, yeah. yeah, so Richard... Um, he, um, yeah, he was in and around the club over that period. And he was really like good. meeting him, knowing like how like entrepreneurial and all that he is. And no, it's really cool. It's probably cooler for all our partners. <laughs> you know, Richard Branson's got a bit of that, um, you know, that uh, spring in his step. And, um, you know, he was, very, he was very famous at the time. Um, he didn't spend a lot of time there, but um, certainly during the period when, um, you know, they were celebrating the club, getting to Wembley, he was in and around the, the place. And it was cool meeting him. And he used to buy us um, presents for Christmas and stuff like that, which was, was pretty cool. He gave us all a mobile phone. Oh, wow. Um, Back in the day for, when they um, were as expensive as they are now, but not like they are now. <laughs> yeah, no, not like they are now. But, um, yeah, just little things like that. He, you know, and he'd get us to do some pretty bizarre things. You know, um, we sort of were on um, – a few of us were on stage with um, Queen and Five to, to launch the 2000 Brit Awards and – Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then he had a few of us, a few few of us as well, um, myself included, um, you know, pose in a, in a in a magazine called Attitude Magazine. So maybe it was, it was pretty bizarre, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was pretty good experience. But the footy was good. The footy was yeah. tough. Yeah, the footy was really tough. That's awesome. And then you went over to Hull KR. 
Um, first of all, what was it like there coming from London Broncos? And second of all, what was that rivalry match like going up against Hull FC? Yeah, no, that was cool. We played um, Hull FC at Casey Stadium, which is Hull FC's home ground <laughs> in the full house. Yeah. And um, it was on, um, from memory, it was New Year's. It was uh, must have been the second of, of January, so it was just after New Year's. And yep. It was a full house, and, and guys like Jason Smith and Richie Barnett, um, but, um, Colin Best, it was quite a few Aussies playing for Hull FC, and we were probably like the little brothers, and uh, it was a great experience. I think they beat us in that particular game 16-6 or something like that, but it was a real tough match, and I was captain of Hull KO, and Jason Smith was captain of Hull FC, so it's a pretty um, it's a pretty good experience you know, representing the red and whites. And um, I just remember the buzz around Hull that day. They, they played the game at midday and just going to the game, all the pubs were packed. And honestly, it was, um, it was, it was a loud game it was a to play in. So that was really cool. And the other cool thing about playing for Hull FC, uh, sorry, Hull KO was um, Malcolm Reilly um, coached us that year. And um, you know, he's a real gentleman of the game. He was a, a legend of a player and, and obviously won premierships as a player with Manly and very successful over in the UK, but he also coached Newcastle to their first ever premiership in 97. And speaking of Newcastle, that's kind of, that kind of helps tangent straight into a little topic right now. You're currently now for anyone who may not know, you are now with the Knights um, in a, from what I'm led to believe a coaching consultant capacity. I may be wrong with that terminology. What's it like? It's so far with the Knights and, you know, it's been, you know, publicized about Tamworth and all that. What was it like in Tamworth with the, with the crew and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, really good. Um, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm there three or four days a week um, as, a, as a coaching consultant. So um, I'm doing some consulting for, for um, other sports and, and other um, companies, but I, you know, I'd like to say my main focus is on the nights. Um, as I said, I'm there three or four days a week. Adam O'Brien's a fantastic coach. Um, we work together well, at Melbourne Storm. With him at the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm there, I suppose, as a critical friend of Adam, but also to coach the coaches and, um, you know, help with, with some of the emerging leaders. Um, but also, I suppose, you know, just some of the bigger picture stuff. And um, yeah, it's a real good feel to the place. They've got a. Um, you know, a good group there. They're a hard-working group, very humble, hard-working uh, playing group, very hard-working staff. I've been super impressed with the area. Um, I live in Sydney, but I, I travel there. So oh, um, when I stay overnight, I stay with Adam. Yeah, I was, was going to say, that's a bitch of a commute. <laughs> no, I don't mind it, actually. I'm on the Central Coast, and it's still a bitch of a commute to Newcastle. Yeah, I, I don't mind it, actually. I sort of listen to the podcasts and um, yeah, I suppose spend a bit of time myself in the car. But yeah, I generally stay there one, um, you know, one night a week, sometimes two, and yep. stay with Adam. So we get plenty of planning done, um, plenty of good discussion and so on. But yeah, it's a real good feel to the club. We made some big strides forward last year, um, albeit, you know, a little bit inconsistent at the end of the year. But uh, I think there's some good additions there, like Tyson Frizzell, but also, you know, Blake Green and, and um, you know, Jaden Braley, when he's back from injury, are probably going to be like new signings. He's only played two and three games, respectively. Um, yeah, so no, it's a good feel, man. And it's, it's, say, um, it's good to be back. What's the going into 2021 preseason with the, with the team? Yeah, no, they're, they're working really hard. You know, they're, they're working really hard, very humble, hardworking group. And Adam, his coaching staff are, uh, are doing a really thorough job. Okay. Um, now, one last topic before the, like with the Knights. Um, are they focusing more on attack or defense or, or a bit of both? Like, because obviously you've got to have the whole package, but, you know, one yeah. year, I think it was a few years ago, I, I think it was two, three years ago, that when there was preseason, they were saying, we're working on our defense, working on our defense. It's like, but they weren't working on the attack. Is that, has that come naturally now in the, 
they're working on both or are they trying to work on one or that's okay. Oh, no, no. Yeah, like every team I've been involved with, you know, obviously they have a narrow focus, but, you know, without going into too much detail, um, yeah, look, they're working really hard both sides of the footy. I think one of the things that they do really well is um, they've got a really comprehensive program there. So, you know, not just the, the technical and tactical side of things, you know, they're very well um, prepared from a physical perspective from battling couples and, and also, um, you know, they do a lot of work, um, you know, with regards to, to that above the head space and that mental space. So, you know, they've got a very well run a program. I've been really impressed with 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 um, how they're working, and um, you know, it's a, it's a pleasure to be involved and uh, reinvigorated a bit of a love for for footy again and, and for coaching again. No, that's awesome. Um, and switching, and that's a perfect word to use. I didn't realize that, but switching to the Ipswich Jets, who are affiliated with the Knights. I'm not sure to what extent. As far as I'm led to believe, they're possibly a feeder club, but I may be wrong. Um, you spent some time at the Ipswich Jets playing in 2002. Uh, what was that like? And also, what's the vibe like with, you know, the Jets being affiliated with the Knights at the moment? Yeah, so without knowing, um, you know, the real detail and the agreement, um, a couple of the young Ipswich Jets players spent pre-season um, down with the Newcastle Knights. So two of their young players um, had that opportunity. So that's a, you know, fantastic um, you know, opportunity for those young men. They're very similar, um, you know, cities. Um, you know, Ipswich and, and Newcastle are very hardworking, um, you know, soul of the earth. Yep. Yeah, soul of the earth, um, you know, people from my experiences. Yeah, I really enjoyed playing for the Jets. I played there in 2002, so I did my ACL playing for the London Broncos in the last game of 2000. So yeah. I missed um, 01, uh, and then I played uh, Q Cup. In you won the Q Cup Premiership, didn't you? Well, then we actually we lost the grand final, yeah, um, you got against Redcliffe. Grand final, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a it was a good year because Ipswich um, had had a couple of tough years prior to that, but um, they had a really yeah, had a, had a hard working group. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between Newcastle and Ipswich. You know, big um, yeah, big rugby league towns, very um, yeah, supportive of their of their boys. Oh, um, yeah, they, they, yeah, so it's a good affinity. It's a good affinity, I think, for Phoebe and the Knights to have that agreement and. Um, you know, a lot of it's, you know, around, you know, developing, you know, players and, yeah. you know, opportunities or pathways for players. So like that, that yeah. preseason that those two players had at the Knights could easily just bolster their playing and get them in a spot in the NRL at some point in the next year or two. So Yeah, you know, and at the very least, just um, experiencing what being a full-time footy player is about. Mm. You know, those young guys both, um, you know, both work. So, you know, EB Jets um, train of, of, of an evening time. So, just, you know, be able to have a bit of a sole focus on, um, you know, on, on training, preparing for footy was, yeah, yeah, just talking to those two young guys, um, you know, they really enjoyed the experience. And um, as I said, there's a lot of affinity between the two towns and the two teams. And yeah, I think it's a, a good fit. I, I personally think it's a great fit, um, as as you just mentioned, you know, and my mate, it's which, well, Switch City Committee is what they're called, is the fan base. And they, they even agree. He's also a diehard Knights fan as well as a switch like it's switch jets fan so when he heard about you know the more or less you know um agreement to whatever extent it is who he, he was like yes <laughs> like because yeah. like you said there's a very similar vibe of both teams both towns um but enough of that um circling back so 2018 you coached the rabbitos and got them to a prelim fortunately fell short but you still got dalium coach of the year what was that year like for you personally as a coach yeah it was my most enjoyable year as a coach. Um, yeah, we had a lot of a lot of success that year. You know, the the, the club had finished twelfth um, two years in a row, um, and 
you know, essentially we had a Dane um, gay guy, but, you know, there's a lot of growth in some of the, the younger players. I mean, you know, Cameron Murray and Campbell Graham, Adam Dewey had good years and uh, Damien Cook just went to, you know, went from being a fringe player to, to playing for um, New South Wales and Australia, you know, within 12 months. So, yeah, it was, it was yeah, I loved coaching those, those guys. They were a good group of boys, but the club was really good as well. I, I loved my time in South Sydney. Certainly, um, you know, have have some regrets on, 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 on um, you know, on, on leaving the club. But, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful year. Yeah, we fell short. It was four all at halftime against the Roosters um, in that prelim, prelim final. Um, a little bit clunky in the second half and, and Roosters were too good. And I think Roosters showed the following weekend against Melbourne. You know, they're very dominant against the Storm the following week. Um, just how good of a team they were. But, yeah, I've got fantastic memories of, of that year. I also have really good memories of the, the previous year as well, you know, yeah. uh, being Madge's assistant coach, learned a lot of Madge. And, um, you know, you could tell there was something about the group. And, um, yeah, the, the younger players come on. So, yeah, got good experiences there. And, yeah, I've had good experiences, all you know, at every coaching club and, um, and a lot of good learnings. You know, Melbourne Storm was fantastic as well. Um, you know, even though this year, uh, the 2020 season at Broncos was was pretty tumultuous, there certainly there was certainly some enjoyable days. Um, you know, in, in, in 2019, but yeah, you learn and, and um, yeah, it's all about it's all about experiences. It's about experience. It's about growth. And obviously, touching on the 2019 2020 seasons that you had at the Broncos. Um, Tell us about the man behind the moments at the Broncos 2020 and 2019 as the head coach. Like, what was it like for you, you know, going to the club, at the such reputable club as the Broncos, and, you know, and then basically being and bearing the brunt of the media for every single bloody scrutiny? Like, what was it like for you? I can, I'm sweating just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it was really challenging. Look, um, 2020 was, you know, it was... It was a horrible year, you know. Obviously, there was, um, you know, um, a lot of media speculation about myself. And then there was, you know, um, the social media, um, you know, um, I suppose defamatory rumours and so on. So there was a lot of stuff going on off the field. Um, so I'd probably rather um, you know, look at 2019. I thought we did a hell of a job making the playoffs in 2019. Yeah, you know, we came in, well. um, or, yeah. you know, as, you know, there was the change, I think, about six weeks into the preseason from memory, something like that. Um, yeah, and we started pretty pretty um, average. I think we only won, had one one from our first six, but we went on a bit of a run there. We, we made the, the finals. You know, we, we, we got ourselves in the finals, a really good win, 17-16. I think it was against Parramatta at Suncorp. It was a hell of a game, and I thought we'd really sort of, um, you know, grow from there. But obviously two weeks later, Parramatta pumped us down there. And, um, yep. Yeah, that was that was a really, um, yeah, unflattering and you know it was a yeah it was a horrible way to finish the year because we thought we'd put some some. You thought um, you maybe got one more week worth in your you know sort of. Thing. Yeah, we just thought we'd put some steps in place, you know, and um, and I, as I said, I thought it was a hell of a hell of an effort to make the playoffs. Oh, you know, yeah. with with the young players, we sort of integrated into the group. Um, you know, we had a few injuries. And as I said, it was a pretty disruptive sort of um, year. But um, yeah, 2020 was horrible. I thought we had a really good preseason. Oh, we won our first two games. But one, exactly, I was like, yes, um, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, for whatever reason, things didn't work. Yeah. You know, right. during and after the COVID period, um, you know, I, I decided to make um, the decision to step down. 
Um, yeah, for, for, for family reasons, and I think it was the right decision. Um, would I go, go to the Bronx again if I had my time again? I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, the things I, I suppose I was uh, proud of was, you know, I suppose introducing a lot of young players um, mm. into the NRL, but um, ultimately as their coach, you've got to take responsibility. And, um, you yeah, know, last year was a horrible year. Hopefully, um, you know, Kevin and, and the group can go forward. You know, I, I still back the young talent there. I think that young talent there is as good as, really as any, if not better. Um, but they need experience. And I think one of the reasons why the Broncos signed me for, for five years with an option uh, for a six-year in my favour, and I think I know, you know, we, we knew we were going to go down some, some rocky roads and it would be a bit of a roller coaster. But what I did learn is that um, when, when the heat's on, when um, things aren't going well, um, yeah, pe- people act a little bit differently. Yeah, oh. so, um, but yeah, as I said, you know what? Um, I've got to take responsibility for that. Although, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I look back at some, 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 um, you know, positive periods during the years. I learned a hell of a lot. I know that. That's for sure. No, that's fair. Um, we'll, we'll stop talking about that for now. Um, and then that's totally fine. Um, just trying to think. I'm just going through my list. We've covered yeah, the, um, playing time, um, storm assistance, house, and the boats, which. All right, so basically we've got more or less some fun questions left. Um, but I'll start off first of all before the fun questions with what are your personal like realistic views and on how the nights are gonna go for twenty twenty one based on you know what you've seen at the preseason so far. Oh, look, as I said, you know, it's not for me to speculate on how they're gonna go. Mm-hmm. I think um, what I will say is that um, you know, there's a really good program being run there by um, Danny Badiris. Um, as the GM and Adam O'Brien as a head coach. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like how hard they're working. You know, but pre-season's a great time at, at every club because, um, you know, there's a sense of optimism and there's a sense of you know, let's be a bit better than last year, both individually and collectively. So I would, I would imagine that every club's, um, you know, thinking the same. So, yeah, they're, they're working really hard. Um, but, you know, there's so many variables in our competition, you know. Who, who would have known that there was going to be a COVID break last year, you know, exactly. as I said, I, you know, we thought we were flying at the end of pre-season, probably showed that in our first two games, but who knows what's ahead. So no, they're working hard. They're, um, yeah, they're, 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 they're doing the right things. That's good. That's good to hear. Now the fun type of questions. First of all, how do you like your steak cook? Um, I'm a, I am a big steak man. I'm from the beef capital of Australia, Rocky. Um, yep. Yep. Maybe some people in casino may I argue that. Actually, two steaks waiting to cook tonight for dinner. <laughs> oh, good on you. Yeah, no, so mate, I, I love a steak, yeah, but just medium, mate. Yeah, me- um, uh, medium rare, medium well, or just medium? Yeah, medium to medium well, yeah. Look, yep. you'll, you'll, you'll get me every time there, CJ. Nah, that's fair. Um, I'm the same. I like a medium or medium rare, not medium well, but agreed. Uh, superpower. If you could have one, what would it be and why? Um, superpower probably tra- tra- transport myself back in time or transport myself forward in time. Yeah, That's such an interesting answer because I interviewed Shane Flanagan the other day, and obviously, everyone knows unfortunately what happened with his career. He said the same thing, and I think yeah. that's really cool. You know, like he'd love to. He'd love to go back to 2016 and just experience it all over again. And I was like, yeah. that's really cool. Um, Netflix binge. What what show or Netflix movie series did you binge during the lockdown last year in those 10 weeks sort of thing? 
Um, there, there was a, there was a couple. You know what? The Netflix one I, I binged on was Cobra Kai. Oh, how good is that? Um, with the kids, <laughs> yes. So I binged on that, and then obviously it's just started up again. So me and my wife have been watching that. Yep. Um, Yellowstone, which I think's on Stan, not mm-hmm. not Netflix, but we binged on Yellowstone. Um, watched all that. Um, binged on the top. Um, what was the, the the Tiger series? You know the uh, Tiger, oh, Tiger King, King series. Yeah, <laughs> far yeah. out. That's, and, that's uh, a fucking roller coaster. That is. <laughs> yeah, and I love the Last Dance. You know the Michael mm. Jordan stuff. So yeah, there's there's plenty to watch. Um, but yeah, that they're the main ones: Copper Kai, Yellowstone. Yeah, nah, fair. Mine, mine, mine were I don't know, word vomit. Mine were Cobra Kai and. Um, and yeah, Tiger King. That's See, the acting so bad in Cobra Kai. It's oh, so bad, but I can't. I can't look away. It's like exactly. It's just so. It's like almost worse than the Karate Kid films, but it works. Yeah, no, it works. It's good. It's got me hooked because I'm watching the. the I just the like Johnny's films. character. He's just so not politically correct. He's stuck in the no. '80s and doesn't care. It's great. <laughs> no, no um, it's, it's a good watch. You can relax watching it. Oh, exactly, exactly. Um, and I guess. Uh, one last topic or question I could say is what advice would you have for any youngsters that, you know, may want to go down the path of the NRL, whether that's playing, coaching, etc. Yeah. I, there's probably a couple of key attributes or traits that um, will hold you in good stead. I think the first one is, you know, have, you've got to have a work ethic. So it doesn't matter if you're a player or a coach, um, you know, you, you've got to work hard um, to improve and get better. And, um, you know, so I think that's the first one. I think the second one is having a growth mindset. So, you, you, you've got to want to get better. Um, you know, often, you know, you'll see players or, or coaches who, who are stuck in their ways, um, you know, who, who don't want to take on feedback. So I think having a growth mindset, but that's in all walks of life. Um, so those two things, work ethic, having a growth, growth mindset. And the other thing is, there's going to be some hurdles along the way. So how you handle those hurdles, you know, like, I mean, um, you, you know, I would never have foreseen um, the season we ended up having at the Broncos. Mm. Um, we would never have foreseen, you know, COVID putting a, a stop in our season. Yeah. Um, you know, I would never have foreseen, you know, probably having the run that we did at South, the year I took over. You know, there's, there's so many variables, but you get some hurdles along the way. So it's how you handle those hurdles. And um, sometimes you handle them well, sometimes not so well. But, um, yeah, those three things are real keys. And, um, I think for a young footy player, the biggest challenge I see for them is, you know, coming out of school or a junior rep program and then going in with the seniors because sometimes they're the best, um, the best player in their team. Yep, but then the team and often they're not sort of thing. Yeah, and often what we see when kids transition up is they've been coached mainly on their attack. They haven't been coached on the effort areas of the game or their defence. And, and that's where they get challenged when they come into, you know, a full-time program um, or as they go through the grades. So, you know, having that growth, growth mindset to, to wanting to get better and to, to take on feedback the right way is really important. But you've got to work hard at everything, you know. Yes. You, you don't get anything in life unless you work hard. So, yeah, there's a couple of key things there. But, um, yeah, you, you'll get some hurdles along the way and you just got to try and, you know, bounce back and, and do your best. 